0: You're listening to The Tripping Off Podcast. Why does it seem so hard to stay motivated and productive? And more, is there a connection between productivity and trauma? Well, let me introduce to you the productivity coach, Mackenzie Sweeney. She's a master at helping individuals maximize their time and get motivated to pursue their dreams. With almost half a million followers and some videos gaining over four million views, it's no stretch to say that she's the girl with the info. So let's trip off together and understand the secrets inside our minds. This episode of the Tripping Off podcast was brought to you by Murmur.co. That's M-I-R-M-I-R dot C-O. Social media and the internet are filled with amazing content that teaches us new things every day. From life hacks on how to clean better to influencers who help us through our trauma. But don't you wish that instead of 60 seconds, you could take a whole course from your favorite creator? Murmur allows creators to provide an intimate connection with their audience and to provide courses that teach us more than social media ever could. Whether you're a creator looking to provide quality content for your audience, or if you follow an influencer and want to directly support their content, Murmur.co is where the community lives. Murmur, real communication happens in whispers behind the curtain, and you don't want to be left out. So eloped one one year ago, and you have a thirteen year.
1: Yeah, she's gonna be fourteen in July.
0: Wow, man, freshman how that? In,
1: freshman in high school, she's awesome. So, parent I'm of a teenager can be rough. She's amazing. So, yeah. her parents, uh, my husband and and her mom, uh, have been co parenting for ten years. Um so and McKenna is her name. She's a, she's the one who got me on TikTok. So if it weren't for her, you and I would not have met.
0: You know, you'd be um, surprised how many of those stories I've heard where I'm yeah. talking to a therapist and they're like, "Yeah, my my kid, my daughter told <laughs> me to get on TikTok and now here I am. It works out." Yeah.
1: It totally does. But McKenna, I'm 15 years older than McKenna and 14 years younger than her dad. So I'm like right sandwiched in the middle. My husband's 43. Yeah. She's 13. I'm 28. Mm. Um
0: yeah young,
1: so, young child. Yeah. Young to have they a kid. they were they were young when they had McKenna. Um and it's fun because she's got now four parents, right? Blended family and mm. True true. We're everybody's great and awesome and I I f- I remember. I have a journal sitting over here of when I was 13 years old, no which way. is wild to go back and read. Man, I had the biggest crush on Patrick Beals ever. <laughs> I wrote about it all the time, but it's That's funny awesome. to read like who I was at 13 and see this 13 year old. And then also, I met her when she was 11. Is when her dad and I started dating. Mm. Um, and the impact that my husband has seen of like my influence on her is so cool.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Well, to leave a legacy like that, right. You know, to to be able to like cultivate and nurture and foster someone into becoming who they are. Like, I don't know if there's anything more rewarding than that.
1: It's amazing. One of the biggest things in the last year that uh, I really wanted to just nurture and foster and it came very naturally... Yeah. Um, we have five basic human rights the right to be, right? Right to be good enough, who you are. Mm. Uh, the right to need, the right to ask for and receive help. Okay. The right to autonomy, independence, make your own decisions. Okay. The right to voice, to express yourself, assert yourself vocally um, and through writing. And then number five, the right to sexuality, to love who you are and oh, to yeah. love who you love. Yeah. So all of these are developed in childhood, right? With our programming. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed she had a, she has a lot of right to be (laughs) go girl. She's very well got that one down herself. Yes. And she also has got the right to need, which I think a lot of eighties and nineties babies are really working on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the right Mm -hmm. to ask for and receive help. She's, she's got that very nurturing in her family unit can ask anybody for help, um, and also offer help. Uh, What I really saw in her is I wanted to really nurture her right to independence and her right to voice, meaning I wanted her to be able to confidently talk about her opinions and foster some ideas without the nervousness of, I think, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Uh, So we started playing table games at dinner. So we got these curiosity cards. Um, Actually, Curious is the name of it. Um, hmm. And they go anywhere from what are three things that you're grateful for to do you have empathy for people who commit suicide? Why or why not? So we started Whoa, that having... Goes, that right? goes there. We go, <laughs> so we like, woo deep systemic racism, uh, like politics, hmm. uh, ethics. So we've had the ability to have these table conversations. And anytime she would say her opinion, I would edify it. They're like... Wow, I really hear that. This is your opinion, and I'm so grateful for that for you sharing. Um, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into that. Um, so just kind of nurturing her ability in her voice, and she just recently Damn. had a presentation for school, and her dad noticed how those it. how she rocked it. So it's cool. It's
0: really oh cool. man, that's that's really cool. These these five yeah. things you talked about, those are. Those are awesome. Did you is, is that from somebody? Is that your thing? Or
1: I learned that from one of my mentors, Michael Burnoff, mm. um, and that blew my mind. Say and that it again. Is who, now who was that? Michael Burnoff.
0: Okay, because I know people are going to want to look that up.
1: Yeah, Michael Burnoff. He is local to Arizona, um, and he's got some really awesome programming that I ten out of ten recommend. Mm. Um, I've learned a lot from him and that was such a foundational pers- perspective shift of if you know anything that I'm upset by is actually um, hurting or wounding one of my five basic human rights. So when I'm I upset see. or angry, what am I actually what is the need underneath, right? Usually, um, if somebody, it like cuts me off or you know in a conversation or is it, my right to voice is threatened mm-hmm. um because i like i have obviously i have a lot of voice um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of times just understanding the oh so i have a lot of right to independence right my parents nurtured this me and i also gave myself a lot of right to independence yeah. but sometimes it can be um like hyper it's too hot And it's over, overbalanced, right? You have so much of it. So
0: much independence.
1: So much independence that that means that your right to need, your right to ask for and receive help Mm. is pretty low.
0: There's a balance there.
1: Right. So for the like think about the chakra system as well. Like you yep. have some chakras that are overactive. We want to ooh tone that down. Right. So these five basic human rights are developed a lot in childhood and teenagership. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an adult, how can you reparent yourself using those five basic human rights?
0: That's amazing. Well, because they yeah. do, they get wounded in childhood, they don't develop when they're yeah. supposed to, and then you know then we have adults walking around who didn't have or maybe are operating at like five year old, six year old level. And that can yeah. be really problematic. And I got a lot of empathy for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then it gives like with the empathy, it's when you see a bully or you're feeling uh you have that confrontation with somebody, you can separate and recognize, wow, this person has a really low right to be. So they're trying mm. to take mine right now. Mm-hmm. And I have empathy for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It takes a it takes a lot of maturity to be able to do. What you were saying reminded me a lot, just just the validating what somebody says when they have that right to voice. It reminds me a lot of uh, I don't know if you've heard of Carl Rogers. that's one of like the mm. original uh, like therapists in America. and he was he was huge. And so his whole thing, he kind of revolutionized, you know, therapy because he talked about in a time where everyone was very psychoanalytic. It's all about your childhood, it's all about libido. It's all about repressed drives and desires. He said, listen, all you got to do, people fix themselves. You don't have to fix them for for them. You just have to be there, provide a safe, open, and empathetic place for them to process through and they will fix it on their own. So his whole style of therapy was all about open-ended questions, validating, uh, reframing, paraphrasing, and feeding back to them what they had said so they could hear it and mirror it. And then through that mirroring process, they develop kind of like what you're talking about with these games. Huge. And now, yeah, that's the foundation of like everything I was taught in grad school was founded on kind of Rogerian therapy.
1: Mm, I'm going to yeah. have to dive deep into that because that sounds right up my alley.
0: Oh my gosh. On Becoming a Person, the fantastic, fantastic Carl Rogers book. Very good. Mm, love it. Yeah. Love it.
1: it really that reminds me of uh, in my 500-hour yoga teacher training, we had this... There was one oh page gosh. article that we wrote... Yeah. Welcome to welcome to my box of where I've been and what I've done.
0: <laughs> Love it. Uh, 500 uh, hours of yoga training. That's fantastic. A month
1: in Bali. Dude, I can't touch my toes, Mac.
0: <laughs> it's bad.
1: <laughs> and the, the fun thing about yoga, quick sidebar, we always think it's just movement, right? Because we see all the yogis on TikTok That's and Instagram. Fair. That's fair. That's one-eighth. One-eighth of the eight limbs of yoga is movement. Um, mm. Yoga is like the first think about it like a tree, right? Tree limbs or a stepping ladder. The very first ladder um, is how you treat yourself. Then the next ladder, the next branch is how you treat the world, right? The yamas and niyamas. Then it's, I might get these mixed up a little bit, but then it's breath, then it's movement, then it's meditation, then it's, you know, going inward sensory deprivation and then you get to nirvana, right? So you can be a yogi and not have to touch your toes.
0: So. There's hope for me yet. <laughs>
1: There's hope for you, Jesse. But we read this really amazing. I'll I'll send you the link um, so we can link it in the show notes. Uh, this okay. really awesome article called "The Art of Listening," and Ooh. it really is is mirroring <laughs> since we're talking about mirroring about what right. uh, Carl's like foundations were. Because what this article uh, was talking about is the kindest thing that you can do for a person is to just sit and hear them. Um, and I think that's where a lot of us, we like, we want to give advice. We want to, and nine times out of 10, people are going to figure it out. And when you go to get advice from somebody, you don't go to the person in your life that talks too much. Usually go to the ones who are quieter because Mm -hmm. the process of vocalizing, mirroring, reframing, you're figuring it out on your own just by talking it out loud in a safe, physically and emotionally safe environment. So, Uh, a a yogic approach to that as well.
0: I love that. Well, and you know, it's so funny, like when you find truth, it fits with other truth. And so Mm -hmm. things mirror each other, you know, like Carl Rogers talked about this, but it's also very present in, you know, yoga and that kind of instruction. So I get, it all makes sense. When you find something that's right, it's mirrored in cultures and across the world, you know?
1: Cause it's easy. If it's true, it's easy.
0: Exactly. Well, so so if people don't know, which they should know, um, you do a lot of work specifically with productivity and motivation. And so I've got my mind is a buzz with questions for you and all this stuff. How did you get into productivity and motivation? You have a pretty incredible story. If you don't yeah. mind, just sharing that briefly.
1: I would be happy to. So I like to say I was knocked into productivity. Um,
0: so yeah, very very literally,
1: literally you'll 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 hear. Sweet listener reply. I was literally knocked into this. Uh, But seven years ago, Valentine's Day Mm. happened to be a Friday night. um, And I was leaving a friend's house to go to my apartment, which was across the street. And there was just me, the stoplight, and the car waiting to turn left. And the lights changed, my walkman symbol turned on, Mm -hmm. four confident steps out into the crosswalk. And the headlights of the car, I could feel them getting closer. <laughs> mm. And then at one point I had a thought so vividly, I remember I turned my head and I thought, is this the point where my life is supposed to flash before my eyes?
0: You you thought that as it was I happening. thought that. I
1: was like, what? I was like, there's no way. Oh, wait, no, there's a way. No, this is happening.
0: Oh no. And it
1: all and I hit the windshield and I hit the ground. Thank goodness he stopped. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Um, mm. and I just remember peeling my, peeling myself off of the pavement. So angry, mm. so mad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, my mom's an attorney. Um, so okay. I turned, I was like, lawyer, like, what does my mom need to know so that I will be okay. So I immediately was like, I luckily didn't break any bones. I had a sprained ankle. Um, and then come to find out I had a traumatic brain injury. Because I hit my head in two places, on the windshield and on the ground. So, Oh,
0: yeah. Windshield and ground. True that.
1: Head got knocked pretty hard. um, Mm. And it was as a very highly independent, (laughs) driven, which I I think a lot of people can identify with. We just want to be okay. I so desperately wanted to be okay. It was my graduating semester of college. So when I went to the hospital, they tucked my neck down. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything. And I didn't realize something was wrong until I went to French class four days later. Okay. And I was fluent in French, been studying all of college. And I knew I should have recognized the words my professor was saying, but I couldn't find them in my head anymore. No And way. I started... Anybody who has a concussion or who has a brain injury knows this feeling of like, your brain starts to really vibrate and it swells. Oh. And oh. then every the world, it, everything, you just shut down. Just straight shut down. Um, I had a couple seizures during class, not the like typical movie seizure, but where I was looking at the clock, I blinked and twenty minutes had gone by, and oh, that headache like started frozen. happening again. Frozen. Okay. Um, I could remember four numbers in a row, but not five, and it was deeply frustrating because I yeah. relied so heavily on my intellect um, that I didn't have my intellect anymore. And my emotional processing went back to that of about a 15-year-old girl. Oh, geez. So
0: 15-year-old is a tough time to be a person. Emotionally. Right. So you
1: have these like <laughs> massive explosions of emotion and mood yeah. swings. And I never in my life had experienced depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, found that 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 happens when you like, hit your head really hard.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. This is what people are talking about.
1: Yeah. So I, I was in the corporate world for a little while. It didn't work for me. I ended up pretty much saying like, fuck off. And I went to Alaska for three seasons as a performer. Um, and it, it was, it was two years after my accident that I was able to actually get traumatic brain therapy. And we were doing a lot of neurological reprogramming, subconscious reprogramming, emotional management, um, energetic boundaries And it was the first time in two years that I was like, I feel like myself again. What?
0: Wow, started to come back.
1: Started to come back. But I still was trying to operate with the brain that I had before. So I was overworking myself, 60, 70-hour weeks in a new job, um, didn't know how Mm. to handle depression or anxiety, Mm. um, horrible sleep patterns. But my brain could... I was working so many hours because I couldn't get the work done. So, my, so where
0: other people could work at a certain yeah. number of hours, you had to work the 60, 70 yes. just because of the brain injury.
1: So it was really like, I was so exhausted and burnt out that yeah. kind of by necessity, I was like, I need to figure out how I can get more done in less time because my brain really honestly has a limited output. I um, so I started working. I started working for two really amazing entrepreneurs. One was a productivity coach. The other one was a business efficiency specialist. Um, and they were both very logical operators, right? So very, uh, I want to say left brain, left brain yeah, and logical, good. left nice. brain logical.
0: That's some hypnotic uh, terminology. Love yes. It. As we uh, in the business call it the uh, thinky, thinky part.
1: Yes. The thinky, thinky <laughs> part. Very official. <laughs> um, but I started... Doing some research, especially um, around product, I like soaked up everything, trial and error myself, and then I started finding what was working and teaching other people. And I was like, "Wait, this this shit works, man!" Yeah, because this was your key to
0: coming back. You yeah, know, like you had to hack productivity, otherwise, you, you, what where else were you going to do? It's yeah. kind of like of it, necessity.
1: It was totally by necessity that I became a productivity coach.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, and and it helped you out so much. How does Dude. how does motivation tie into that too? Because you do a lot with motivation. Like motivation yeah. is a very emotional thing. You know, she, a lot I, of people struggle.
1: I think that like motivation's emotional and productivity is also emotional because hmm. how you feel dictates how you do more than anything else, right? Uh um, yep, that's true. So if you don't feel good, it's gonna be it's a lot harder to do good. And what I say with motivation is you don't actually have to be happy to be motivated. Imagine you get lost in the woods, right? Like, cause a lot of us who are feeling that lack of motivation, we're in a very specifically negative place, right? Yes. Um, And it's really hard to go from specific negative to specific positive. It's not a light switch. There's like four steps in between. We just have to get general negative, like generally annoyed versus specifically annoyed. Right. But with, I, I make the analogy of like, imagine you get lost in the woods. Okay. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have snacks. You're running out of water and the sun's going down. I'm not happy. You are motivated to get out.
0: That's very true though. Uh Highly motivated.
1: So you don't have to be happy. You have to know what you want and you have to be focused and aware. You don't have to be specifically positive. You just have to be focused, awake, and aware and be very clear at your outcome. Ooh. That's how motivation
0: works. I'm seeing, I'm hearing some real overlaps with with therapy and with hypnotherapy in particular, mm. especially about especially about awareness. You know, uh, if I always talk about this, you know, someone asked me very cleverly. They're like, "What are we doing here? Like, what is what is therapy?" And I was like, "That's a great question." Like, they're hacking the system. <laughs> I was like, "This is great." I was like, I was like, very simply, there is your perception of reality, and then there is reality our job is to align perception with reality if we can make those two line up things will fall into place the difference between perception of reality and real reality that gap however wide that gap is is anxiety and depression
1: it's discomfort
0: that's the whole that's the whole thing so if you're you know if you're not able to deal with the real world or be focused and aware of, I'm stuck in the forest. The sun's going down. I got no snacks. Got to get out. Well, it's going to be really difficult to be motivated. And you may be in that situation, but you may not be aware that you're in that situation or accepting of that situation. That's going to be tough for productivity and motivation.
1: You got to get radically responsible with your reality. Like You have Mm. to recognize, "Mm, I know it doesn't feel good that I'm lost in the woods right now, but if I don't get out, I could be eaten by a bear.
0: Radically responsible with your reality. That's that's good. Put that on a T-shirt.
1: Yeah, and when I say like radically <laughs> responsible, uh, this comes from my mom, who's an attorney. Love my mama. Shout out, mom. Hi, mama. Shout out, mom. Um, <laughs> she used to edit all of my papers growing up, mm. um, and I'm like this vagabond creative soul. So i got all of these fluff words, and she's lawyer legal writing. Brutal. So she would always really teach me through editing how to really state the reality, right? In a logical, free from emotion or fluff. So getting radically responsible with your reality is kind of bullet pointing out what is happening without the ego attached, right? Instead of, oh, the dog that's barking next door is so annoying and I'm really frustrated, therefore I can't get my work done. There is a dog barking. I'm having a hard time getting my work done. Oh, maybe this isn't the right environment to get work done in. Got it. Mm. It's not that I hate dogs, it's that you're annoyed because you can't focus. Right. So kind of bullet pointing like legal, like a legal brief. What is yeah. currently happening right now? Well,
0: assess, analyze, and act, right? You know? Oh, I love that. Work yes. work right through it. It's like don't don't get frustrated. Figure out the problem, attack the problem, make the problem change.
1: I think we're so afraid of feeling emotions that the yeah. anticipation of feeling the emotions makes it more stressful. But I was reading somewhere recently, and one really of the agree. scientists was talking about emotions actually only last for two minutes in your body. Hmm. It's our attachment to the emotions that makes us continue to refeel them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like something, you know, something happens to Sarah, and she has a, a reaction. Oh, she's stressed to be like she had this thing happen to her. But if she keeps attaching to that for another week, it becomes a mood. Right. And if she keeps attaching that mood for the next month, it starts to become a behavior. And then that becomes a personality trait and then part of your identity. So you got to feel through
0: that shit. 100%. 100%. Well, yeah, you, it's, it's how you're processing the emotion. I mean, the adrenaline or the serotonin dump only lasts for like two minutes, like you're saying. Yeah. But then what are you thinking about that experience that then causes there to be another dump and another dump? And now it's become chronic. Like that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be a real problem.
1: So when I have fights with people in my head, because I do that, <laughs> Which
0: right? way, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: to say out loud, Mackenzie, I recognize that you are having fights with people in your head that they don't exist. Let's think about something else. And I usually go to like pickles or puppies. I don't. They're so pickles. random. Pickles. It's just it's it's the pattern interruption, right? It's the pattern okay. interruption of the thought. Like when you're in the shower, do you pee down your right leg or your left leg? Mm. It it Mm, totally shifts your framing, right? (laughs) So that's how I stop, you know, redumping a fake argument on myself is by saying it out loud.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so important. Being able to interrupt those thought patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to your story just now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a lot about how we are very afraid to feel these emotions, but how, especially these negative emotions were kind of the key to you understanding productivity being productive, being motivated. What role do you think that trauma has in motivation productivity?
1: Mm, what a good question, Jesse. Are those,
0: are those connected? Can you have it without some kind of negative trauma? Totally. Like, so so many questions. So many questions.
1: So they're especially with trauma, some things um are big traumas. Uh they're physical, mm. uh, they're emotional or they're mental. Um, And that's why we hear like really shocking stories, right? Like my big trauma was I got hit by a car, which sucks, dude. Yep. Um,
0: We call them big T and little T traumas.
1: Right. The little T's, I call them micro traumas. Micro traumas are equal, like equally as uh, debilitating because we don't recognize that they are trauma. We normalize it. Yeah. Um, and internalize it and then don't give the space to deal with it because it's normal or it's because it's a little T or it's a micro aspect. But when you start to stack micro T's on top of each other, it becomes the same size as the Great Pyramid. They're just little ones built up. right? So I believe that when you recognize what micro traumas you might have... I remember when I was in therapy for the f- the first time <laughs> there's many times in therapy uh, um, same also there right right yep and my therapist was like you actually experienced emotional g- neglect as a child and i'm sitting here i'm like my parents mm. loved me i grew up in suburbia i'm f- i'm f- i'm fine right to independence <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh interesting so because i i experienced emotional neglect right little or big t um what does how is that now creating patterns in my life that I'm ignoring or running away from? So, damn, with the the little micro traumas, um, I think everybody has a version, whether it's uh, like a physical thing or whether it's what society told you. or if you hear like you should look like this, you should be doing by the time you're thirty, you should have this thing done. Mm. Um, the should culture creates a lot of micro trauma. Um, And I think it's just really understanding, for example, that you don't have control issues. You were just never taught boundaries.
0: You don't have control issues. You were just never taught boundaries. That's deep. That's really deep. That was a
1: conversation with my little brother. I was like, oh, yeah, we never never learned boundaries. You don't have control (laughs) issues. I learned boundaries because I had to with our mother because my brain couldn't work.
0: You never got that
1: opportunity, right? My little Mm. brother didn't get hit by a car and have the same experience now. So it's interesting to see like, oh, you don't have to have a bigger, you know, a big trauma to learn this stuff. It's just recognizing that your little traumas are just as important.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and and like you're saying, like even possibly more so dangerous because they can stack up to a big T trauma and you didn't even know standing there. Yes. Right. It's almost like the big T trauma of your physical injury, you know, the headlights show light on the little T traumas that weren't even there. Like that's like, get chills thinking about that. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of times when people ask me, cause you know, I do the hypnotherapy thing, right. About motivation and all that stuff. And people will ask me, they're like, what, you know, what can I do to be motivated? What can I do to be productive? And they're looking for that, you know, Buzzfeed article, you know, clickbait article, five things to do in order to be more productive. And, and I think what you're talking about, and I hope that everyone listening to this right now really takes this home. Uh, because you can't just have the five things that make you more productive. If you do not engage your emotions, if you do not have a connection with the experience that you're having right now, productivity and motivation is pretty impossible. And am I understanding you like you're saying that too?
1: 10 out of 10. Got it. We're, productivity is such a sexy buzzword, right? Because oh it takes the Almost responsibility. so. Right? It takes the responsibility off of us. Yeah. When in reality, we need to take responsibility. So productivity I see is like this mother umbrella skill. It's a mother skill. And it's also not a talent. We are not mm. born with this. Mm. We have to learn it, which means it can be done by everybody. And right. productivity is if you ha- it's we can utilize external tools, techniques, um, apps to help us, but they are only going to help us if we are essentially are so in control of our brain already. So to become more motivated and more productive, you have to understand your brain on a deeper level so that you can maximize its output um, and also feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> how, how else could it be done? You got to feel your emotions. You got to be able to experience that.
1: Which... I, I schedule in ceiling sessions Yeah, <laughs> in my calendar. Uh, I live and breathe by my calendar. It's on the calendar. It's important. So I put like breaks, oh, buffers,
0: I don't. You know? I don't operate without my calendar. It doesn't happen. <laughs> mm. uh,
1: but I, especially when I'm like right now, I'm grieving somebody that just passed, um, mm. or if I have like a lot of mental stress, I will create pockets in my week, forty-five mm. minutes, and I'll leave my office or I'll like crawl up in a ball in my bed and I will set a timer and I will create a physically safe space for me to feel those nasty emotions.
0: Oh my gosh, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. But and then because then it, I don't get lost in it. There's a bookend, there's an end to the feeling. And then it's like, oh, okay. Whew. So feeling ah, sessions, I swear by yeah. That's amazing. That's why man. therapy is great.
0: All right. Well, if you take one thing from this, feeling sessions and emotions are key for productivity and motivation. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so if, if people want to learn more about you, I know you have, I mean, please uh, plug your free things that you do on Wednesday. I was on one of them. It was the best time yes. that you do lives all over. Uh, where can people find you? What's, what's the best way? Where's the central hub?
1: Central hub. Most most fun hub is going to be TikTok at v.productivity.coach. Um, yes. That's so good. Love. I do a lot of in-depth content um, there. And I'm also on Instagram. Um, talking a little bit more specifically, um, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're a creator, um, you're a student, a professional. I talk very specific productivity and business on Instagram. I have oh, cool. a free Facebook group where I go live every Wednesday and do yep. free trainings. Um, the product It's called Productivity Mastery. Um, it's free. It's awesome. We keep people accountable and teach them cool stuff. Um, so those are the free fun places to hang out with me on social media.
0: That's fantastic. I love it. I'm so glad I hope people connect and I hope they understand, like, you know, I know you get it a lot in your comments too, in your DMS, like, what can I do for this? What can I do for this? And they're looking for that pat answer. And so I don't know, I I love the way that you share your message because it has so much more to do with feeling and experiencing your emotions and being valid and validating yourself than it does, hey, here's the thing. Because when we just give somebody a pat answer, I really feel it reinforces that little T trauma of the society saying, you are what you produce. And you're more than that. You know, people are people. They have experiences, they have emotions, they have passions, they have drives. And to be the best type of person, you can't just pretend that you're a machine.
1: Yeah, and it It usually, you can't do what everybody else is doing. You got to do it how it fits for
0: you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, hopefully he'll hear this and he'll know I'm picking on him. I have a business partner who is in, he's very ADHD. (laughs) Superpower. Yep. It really, it really is. He can literally think faster than my brain can. But uh, there are things that I can do that he cannot. And there are things that he can do that I cannot. I need to take care of myself in my way, and he needs to take care of himself in his way. And then together we do some incredible things. That's what it's all cool. about. You can't you can't be anybody else but yourself. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Well, Mac, thank you so much for being here. This has been fantastic. I hope that everyone reaches out and follows your page. It's been a huge inspiration, and I don't even know how we ended up finding each other in the productivity mental health sphere, but Amazing. it's been It incredible.
1: was the it was the duet The subconscious duet.
0: Oh, yeah. You made a subconscious post. And I i think I duetted your post.
1: You did. Yeah.
0: I was like, this is awesome. Who Who is this girl? girl? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank
1: you. I so appreciate getting to have this super fun conversation. Um, You're so knowledgeable and you have such a great space that you provide for people. So I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. I'm really glad you're here.